Welcome to the Lord's house today. We are very happy that you are here. We thank God for the blessing and privilege He gives us another week of life and another day as we begin a new week, and we thank the Lord for His day. The opportunity we have being set aside to worship Him, and that's the intention and the desire of our hearts on this day. So let's settle our minds and praise Him with all our hearts. We're going to stand and sing number three, Holy, holy, holy. come to pray this morning, I want to leave a special prayer request with you. Uh, last Wednesday evening after our prayer meeting, uh, Brother David McAnally went home, had a very difficult evening, and had to be rushed to the hospital early in the morning, suffering the severe pains in his heart and his back, and indeed suffered a heart attack. 
and they had to put three stents in. Uh, he was taken and done immediately on early Thursday morning. So I want you to remember, please, David, he's recovering in hospital now and doing much better. And then tomorrow, they've decided to put in a pacemaker. So those are some developments in our brother's life, and we want to pray for him and his dear wife, Lorraine, and their family at this time. Let's come to the Lord, please, now in prayer. Father, as we come to this most holy and solemn time, as we begin our morning worship service, we do so, Lord, with the truth of these words upon our heart that we've been singing. We come as Isaiah did, as he saw a vision of the glory and the holiness of his God, and he cried out, Holy, holy, holy. And so, Father, we never want that theme to be far from our lips, Lord. Help us to understand, to have some deeper comprehension of what it means to understand and to come face to face with a God who is infinitely holy in nature and being and person. And Father, I pray that in our Christian life, it will be our goal to reflect that attribute of our God, that the beauty and holiness of Christ Jesus will be seen in us and through us every single day. Lord, we, we lift up and give thanks and worship and magnify Thy holy name. And dear Lord, today we pray that our hearts now would be settled down, coming from a busy morning. Many things have already happened today, but as we come to our solemn service, that we would be filled with the Spirit of God, each one of us who know Christ. We would be filled with the Spirit in order to sing and worship from our hearts and pray. And as we read the Scripture, it will be food for our soul, and it will be spiritual strength for us. And Lord, our minds will be purified, our hearts cleansed, and our lives will be affected in a most positive way as we go forward, Lord, embracing the truth and receiving it with joy in our hearts and praying that our lives will, will be seen evidence, the testimony of Christ in us that we have been to Jesus. We know Him and that as we live our life, Lord, You would help us to reflect Your love and honor and holy nature. Father, be with every family member today in our congregation. We especially remember our brother David McAnally. Lord, put Your hand upon our brother as he is in hospital this morning, and may his heart be encouraged and lifted up both physically and spiritually. And Lord, You would watch over him. Be with Lorraine and the rest of the family, and Lord, help them at this time. We also remember our brother in Mexico, Manuel, and the need of his own mother, and the surgery and the complications. Lord, we pray that Your blessing would be upon our brother and his family as he's requested prayer. 
And Lord, we want to commit every single member of our church and every friend and attender, every family represented. Lord, we're asking for Your blessing to be upon us all. And the blessing, we pray, is Christ-likeness, the blessing that the Holy Spirit will be at work in our lives, in our minds, to govern our thinking and to direct our motives and to help us, Lord, in our actions. And I pray, Father, for those who are unsaved in our families, that they would come to know the Lord Jesus. And it would not be some sort of peripheral knowledge. It would not be something that they have learned just from a young age. But it would be the power of the gospel, the power of Christ taking hold of their life. Lord, that You would bring our family members to a personal living knowledge of Christ in salvation. And Lord, we are asking also that we would grow in spirit and in grace each day, and You would continue, Lord, to pour out Your blessing upon this fellowship with harmony and peace and unity, and let not the devil get in in any area. Help us all, we pray, to be evangelists, to share the message of Christ, to witness of what has happened inside us. And Lord, our lives have been changed, and I pray that we would reflect that truth and holiness to a very dark world. Father, come near and pour out Your blessing upon us. We think of all of our congregations connected with us by, in our fellowship. We pray for every man who's preaching the gospel this morning faithfully. We pray for those that are missionaries on the field. We ask for Your protective hand to be upon them, Lord, and to see their works that they are involved with growing, stabilizing, being firmly uh, growing out in the, in the things of the Lord. And dear Father, remember every faithful tongue that is proclaiming the wonders of Jesus Christ today in truth, in sincerity. Lord, we rejoice that Christ Jesus is coming back again very soon. And Lord, I pray that we will lift our eyes by faith heavenward, for our redemption draws near. So Lord, encourage us. Lift up our, our, our hearts and our minds. Let not our hands hang down to be discouraged Let's not look horizontally, but rather vertically. We will see, Father, Your perfect way and the will unfolded for us in our land. We need, dear Father, a gracious awakening in our nation of Canada. We pray for our leaders. We pray, Lord, that You would save their souls, but in the meantime that their minds and hearts would be turned away from wicked devices and evil intentions, and Lord, have mercy upon our land, we pray. Let the gospel go forward with great power, and may there be an awakening among all of those who are your people. Lord, we need this, and we pray it will start within our very congregation. Let us be witnesses in our community, that those who see us or see our congregation, they witness the electronic sign and the gospel message Lord, use all of these areas. Let the gospel go out with power. The Lord, hear our prayer today. Bless us now as we continue in our worship. We think of the 
time around the communion table at the end of this meeting. Lord, draw near to us again, we pray. Hear us in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Psalm 29, please, as we continue in our worship, and we will stand to sing Psalm 29. Let me ask you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 96. Psalm 96. We're thinking today as a theme in our morning worship about the holiness of God. In Psalm 96, you will notice that theme coming through, how that we are to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let's pay close attention to the Word of God as we read Psalm 96. O sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord Bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the heathen, His wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised, 
He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the earth, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory do unto His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before Him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established and it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord. For He cometh, for He cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and His people with truth. We know that God will bless His Holy Word, as we have read today, and pray it will be a blessing to all of our hearts. Great to see you all today in the Lord's house. We're very happy that you're here, and we welcome you in the name of our Lord Jesus. If you're visiting here with us the first time, maybe you've come back again in our fellowship, then we're very, very happy that you're here. We trust the Lord will bless you. Especially, we give a word of welcome to the folks who are viewing our service online today. Maybe also you have tuned in for the first time, or you've come back again. I want you to know you're very welcome in the Savior's name. Let's continue to remember our brother David McAnally in our prayers. The Lord will give him speedy healing. And also we received a note from our brother Manuel. You may remember he was with us recently as last, well, August time when we had our youth, our young adult conference from Mexico City. And he's asked for prayer regarding his mother. Uh, she is facing surgery and in some very difficult health problems. And so our brother's asking if we would remember her in prayer. And you know, when someone takes that effort to reach out to another congregation and ask for our prayer, it's a note that he believes that we are a praying people. I mean, why ask someone to pray if, they're, if you don't think they're going to pray for you, or if you don't think their prayers are of any use? So when someone comes to ask us in such a way, manner, let's take that to our heart, and let's remember our brother and his needs before the Lord. And when you do, you might also remember to pray for the work in Mexico City and Brother Jason Boyle. Jason and Danielle and their family just recently returned from a four-month deputation time over in Northern Ireland and also in Spain, and so he is now back to his own pulpit in Mexico City. And do remember them very much in your prayers. Our communion service we will have after our morning service this morning. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're welcome to 
have fellowship with us around the table. You don't have to be a member of our congregation to enjoy the fellowship of the Lord around this table, but you do have to be born again of the Spirit of God. That's the direction from Scripture. And if you don't know the Lord, you're welcome to stay with us and observe, but please do not take the elements as they are passed by. Our pre-service prayer time today will be at 5.50 and our evening service at 6.30. And then do please remember that this Wednesday will be our Bible study and prayer time at 7.30 and the Sunday school staff will have their special prayer time to remember the work of our Bible classes. You will notice in the foyer we have our Christmas card set up there as we want to make the appeal this year toward the Pregnancy Care Center. And if you're new to our congregation or don't know what this is all about, it's been a custom of ours for many, many years now that we do a fundraising drive, a special appeal at Christmas time for some needy cause. And instead of sending Christmas cards one to another in our congregation, well, if that was your custom or habit, we would rather just put that money and that donation toward a good cause. So let's do that. And please, if you're going to make a donation, you can sign the card, and then we will be sure it is sent to the Pregnancy Care Center. It's a local organization that we've been helping, and some people in our congregation have volunteered to be a part of that, and we're moving forward to just get that entire ministry organized from our vantage point. Let's also not forget, as we come near the end of the year, the need for support of our student ministers. You can simply mark your envelope with some special offering in that regard, and we'll be sure it gets there. And any of the other offerings that you want to make toward the Lord's work here or toward our missionaries, well, now is a good time to see that that is taken care of before the end of the year. On this week Thursday, December the 14th, will be our Whitfield Christian Schools Christmas concert, and every church member is welcome to be a part of that if you'd like to come along on the Thursday evening. And then also, don't forget, on December the 24th, we have our morning worship service, and then after that, we'll be having a lunch, an international fellowship, and everyone's invited to come, and opportunity to invite neighbors and friends there's a, a sign-up sheet on the back, and please just let us know how many will be coming from your family. And as you're coming, you, whatever food preparations you're going to make, just make it for a couple of more people so we'll be sure we have a, enough for any visitors who may be coming that day. One last appeal I make for our Jamaica mission trip, at least this year anyways, on uh, August of 2024, there will be a mission trip. It's planned to go to Jamaica and do some practical and spiritual outreach work there. And if you'd like to be a part of that, speak to me very soon because we have to go through the application process and uh, let Brother Derek Bowman know who's overseeing this ministry. Let's sing again, please, to the Lord's praise, number 469. 469. Just as I'm thinking about the offerings we have some new offering holders or boxes 
They are on the walls on the two sides as you go out in the foyer. And normally it had been on the table out at the back, but we're putting them on the wall now so you can see that. It says a big sticker sign on it. It says offering. Just lift the little lid and put your offering inside, and that would be good as the Lord leads you to do that. Number 469. Let's stand, please, as we sing, Take Time to Be Holy. ask you to turn in your Bibles, please, and to the book of Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15, the first 11 verses we're going to read this morning. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare Him 
and habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath He cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of Thine excellency hast Thou overthrown them that rose up against Thee. Sent us forth Thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. With the blast of Thy nostrils, waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as an heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You know, the Lord will Again, bless His Word to us. Let's bow before Him, please, now in prayer. Father, we pray that as the Word is open, that so, Lord, our hearts will be open. We will receive the Word of God gladly. We will receive it with joy and humility that it will be written upon our minds. Lord, the devil will not be able to bring any distractions in this service and that the, the Word being received in our hearts, that we will mix it with faith and we will grow in the Savior so, Lord, hear our prayer today. Give me help, I ask, as your servant, the Bible open, hearts of people ready. Lord, may my own heart be ready to proclaim the truth and that it would be received. Give me help and power, Lord, I pray, asking all these things in Jesus' precious name and for His honor and glory. Amen. want your attention, please, to be drawn to verse 11 of Exodus chapter 15. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Today in our morning and in our evening services, I want to think on the subject of the holiness of God. 
When you come to a verse of Scripture like this, we are standing at the base of a mountain. And it's a mountain that is so great, so high, that if we would compare it to a Mount Everest, it would make that giant look like a mole hill. The subject before us is not just vast, it's without dimension. Sometimes we come to a great text of Scripture like this one, we read it, we admire its truth, we wonder at it, and then we would move on because its content is far beyond our very little understanding. And this is very true for preachers. I face this myself very often when coming to a verse of Scripture of this nature and wonder, how, how can I touch this? How can we approach such a verse? How can we possibly begin to divide and expound its truth? It seems an impossibility. And out of our weakness, we would say, Lord, I dare not. And yet, the Holy Spirit has given to us these words. He has given to us this truth. And we want to receive the truth in our hearts. We, we want to step back and be amazed at the wonder of what is being spoken and written here. And yet we come and say, Lord, we need Your help today. You pray that in your own heart, won't you? You ask the Lord to speak to you just now that you will have some greater comprehension of the subject matter that we are talking about. The text is a question. Who is like unto thee, Lord, among the gods and among the mighty ones? Who is like unto thee that is glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? It is a rhetorical question. It's a question that is asked that will lead us to an obvious answer. And the obvious answer is this, there is no one like the Lord. There is no one like the Lord in any way, but there is doubly no one like the Lord who is holy. It is Jehovah alone who is clothed with such honor. It is by His grace that He has informed His creation through an inspired Bible about His being, who He is, His nature, and the purpose that He has of bringing many sinners to Himself by the miracle of regeneration. Yes, this is our God. And this is our Savior. And I would say to you today, let our mouths be filled with praises to Him. The One who has loved us. And the One who has given Himself for us. Wasn't that the theme of our ministry last Lord's Day from Galatians 2? 
we were thinking about the wonder of Christ giving Himself for us because He loved us so much. And God the Father, the God of holiness, the God of greatness, has, has loved us so much. And He sent His only begotten Son into this world that He would be our Savior, our Redeemer, our King, and our friend. He is our friend today. And believer, if you know Christ, then you know that He is your friend. This is our God, and we are His people. And blessed be His great and holy name. Now the context of Exodus 15 is known well to most of us. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, finally relented and let Israel go to worship the Lord in the wilderness as God commanded. But it was only after ten very humiliating and devastating plagues that came to him. But not long after, their hardened, unrepentant hearts were hardened even further. Then they determined to have their revenge. Pharaoh came to the point of wondering, what have I done in letting all my workers go? How could I dare to have humbled myself to that degree? And so his heart was further hardened. And look what he said in verse 9. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. And as that word came out of Pharaoh's mouth and every other enemy that went along with him, how arrogant, how filled with pride is the devil and everyone he inspires to come against the people of God. And of course, Israel here is just a picture of the body of God's people in the Old Testament time that were brought out of Egypt, and yet it, things have never changed in our day. For the devil is as hot and as angry and as unwise to think that he will have the victory over the people of God. And this is what he inspires the enemies of Christ to do. I will do this. I will cut them down. I will have victory. I will destroy. I will conquer. I will do everything. And in the boastfulness and pride and arrogance of those who are fueled by satanic direction and power, they will find that their devices against God and their devices against God's people will ultimately fail. Friend, that's important for us to keep in mind, especially when we are facing the turmoil or when we observe the turmoil and the persecution that comes against the people of God in various sectors of the world today. And it almost seems at times that there is the upper hand given to the devil, that the enemies of Christ are gaining ground, and they are overcoming people 
And certainly some of God's people have been persecuted, martyred for their faith. And you wonder, well, is the devil not getting the victory in those circumstances? No, friend, not at all. Because those who receive a martyr's crown by God's eternal providence and purpose have been selected and chosen to be exalted and receiving great honor in glory. And those who go through the hardness of this life, they are indeed fulfilling the very word that Christ said that all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. What is your trial today? What is your persecution? How have you heard the enemy whispering in your, your ear, I will get the victory over you. You will be destroyed. You will be cut down. You will not be victorious. See, the devil's message has never changed. It's always the same. And it always comes with such a boastful word. But let's never forget the words that Christ spoke about His people, His church, His body. In the Old and in the New Testament, He said, My church will prevail. The gates of hell will not be able to overcome and be against it. The onward march of the people of God. We are in the victory of the resurrected Christ. And let us therefore live each day in that by the time that Moses' song was being sung by Israel, all of Pharaoh's armies, all of the chariots, they had sunk to the bottom like a stone. They had put their armor on. And of course, being weighted down with their armor, they sunk to the bottom like a stone. And it makes me think of the words Strangely enough, of King Ahab in the Old Testament during the life of Elijah, when Ben-Hadad had come against him, the king of Syria, and he boasted how he was going to destroy Israel and everything else. And Ahab said to him, Let not him that puts on his armor boast as him that takes it off again. Those Egyptians never got an opportunity to remove their armor, and it became the very thing that led to their ultimate demise. You see, my friend, the Lord triumphed gloriously over the devil and every one that came against His people. We're told that God is a man of war, he dashed in pieces the enemy. And then we come to the very summit of this song of praise of Moses in verse 11. Our God is glorious in holiness. You see, friends, sometimes people look upon the vengeance of God as being something very different or apart from His holy nature. But we have the context and the example of the Word of God showing us very clearly that God in His righteous judgment and indignation against the workers of evil is glorious in His wrath against His enemies. 
He is glorious in bringing to pass the execution of His will and purpose. The ungodly cannot bear this. To them they accuse God of ill, of evil. They accuse God of being capricious, unkind, merciless, an egocentric being that selfishly demands the total submission and worship of everyone. And so they despise the One who gives them their very next heartbeat. The One who gives them their very next breath. And they serve the creature, the creation, more than the Creator. Just like every unsaved person, every one of us here used to do. But now, you and I have been washed. We have been cleansed in the blood of Christ. We have received the gift of salvation. And today we are saved and we're on the road to glory. Our eternal destination is as secure, note this, as if we were already in heaven. Once we have come to believe in Christ and we're saved, friends, we can never lose our salvation. We can never be taken out of salvation in Christ. Once the Lord has done that work of grace in us, He does not take it away again. Our eyes have been opened, and we know that Christ died for us And now we belong to Him. And believer, today He is your possession and we are His possession. We know more about Him and are ever on the quest as the Apostle Paul said, oh, that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. And where is a good starting point for that knowledge? Well, we could do no better than the text that is before us to think about our God being glorious in holiness. So as we think about this great truth today, I pray that our minds and hearts will be open to receive its truth. And you ask yourself maybe, well, how will I be bettered? How will my Christian life be better? if I indeed do receive this truth, if I accept it more fully, if I have its truth more ingrained in my mind and heart, oh yes, believer, we will be better because the more we receive this truth and accept it into our minds and hearts, the more we are becoming like Christ. And that is the great purpose that God has for His people that we will be conformed to His image. And so I want to be more like Christ. And the more I look to the holiness of God, and the more I see that reflected in my life, and at least that desire for it to be reflected, I am growing in grace. I am growing in likeness. And maybe you say today, I don't really feel that growth. I I feel kind of cold in heart today. I feel that I've taken a few steps backwards in my Christian faith and walk. And believer, if that's your confession today, silently in your heart, if you have to admit that, then that's a very good place to be from this standpoint to acknowledge, Lord, 
I need the Spirit to work in my life. I need to have a deeper, broader, wider understanding of the, of the wonder of the holiness of God and of the reflection of Jesus in my life. That's what I want. That's what I need. And if I find deficiency, if I find a lack there, then I come to pray, Lord, pour out Your Spirit upon me. Give me Your grace in a measure that is far more than I have experienced up to this point in time. I need the Lord's help in this. And I'm the first one to confess that to you. And so that is my prayer. And I encourage you to pray against the devil's devices and forces in your life, for he would love to tear you down and distract you away from such a truth. Oh, friend, today I pray that your heart would be open to this Word. I want you to notice the first thought we'll be dealing with this morning is the essential nature of God's holiness. The essential nature of God's holiness. According to the theologian William Shedd, he wrote this. He said, The holiness of God is the perfect rectitude of His will. The divine will is in absolute harmony with His divine nature. What that means is this. The Lord is not just holy because He earned it. No, the Lord is not holy because He did something to attain to holiness. He does not live up to some standard that is imposed upon Him. Nor is He accountable to any outside being or force. Nor is He declared holy by some examination. We come down to the truth of this, that God is, by this very understanding, He is intrinsically holy. Holiness is inseparable from who and what God is in Himself. In other words, His holy nature is the qualifying attribute that undergirds the entire being of God. And it therefore determines His holy actions. And friends, it cannot be otherwise. The adjective glorious used to describe this attribute of the Lord's holiness, what does it mean? Well, it means magnified, honorable, unmatched, indescribable, exalted higher than the highest expression. And of all that, Glorious can be understood to mean the holiness of God is the full expression of it. Of all possible human definition that we could muster together, it is beyond that. Because humanity and our human language is very temporal. 
Yes, I know that language will be in eternity, but our limitation because of our sinful nature, because of that very limitation itself, we we find it hard to go beyond and to, to fully capture. In fact, how can the finite capture that which is infinite? It's not possible. The Lord is upright, we are told in Psalm 92. He is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in Him. The word holy, referring to the God of Israel, is used more times than the word mighty. It is used more times than the word wise and more times than the word great as it applies to the Lord. When Sennacherib had come against Judah, King Hezekiah, he prayed against his enemy. And God relayed a message for Sennacherib through Isaiah. And he said this, "'Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high?' even against the Holy One of Israel. In Psalm 71 and verse 22, David praises the Lord. He says, O my God, unto Thee will I sing with a harp, O Thou Holy One of Israel. And you want to understand that as David entered into the place of the worship of God. He was overcome with the great theme of the holiness of God. And friends, as we come to contemplate our worship, as we come to contemplate our songs and what we offer unto God in worship, let that theme never be from us because it is what is emphasized in the Word of God over and over again as David gives us example. He prays the Lord, O oh my God, unto Thee will I sing with the harp, O Thou Holy One of Israel. I mentioned last Lord's Day that sometimes our song, our singing, our worship, well, it's a little bit less than what it should be or could be. And it's important for us as believers to think about this often every time we come before the Lord to gather together, to open the Bible, to come and unite our voices in song. It must come from our heart. And it must be unto the Lord that we direct our worship and our praise. We're not gathering to sing our praises or being involved in ministry publicly to be an entertainment. We're not coming to promote individuals or the good singing of a congregation. We're coming, brothers and sisters, for the sole and ultimate purpose of lifting our hearts in sanctified and holy worship unto a God who is infinitely and intrinsically holy. In Psalm 99 and verse 9, again we have these words, Exalt the Lord our God, 
and worship at His holy hill. For the Lord, our God, is holy. Stephen Sharnock, a 17th century English Puritan theologian, he wrote this, God is as necessarily holy as He is necessarily God. As necessarily without sin as without charge. As He was God from eternity, so He was holy from eternity. And what Sharnak is bringing out there is this truth that God is not developing. God is not growing in holiness. You and I, we are called to grow in holiness because from our sinful state, we need to, once redeemed, become more like the Lord, less like our old sinful self, and we want to grow to be like Christ. Well, that's a process that we're in called sanctification. But the Lord does not change in His holy nature. We cannot understand or comprehend God has been from eternity because He has always existed, so He has always been holy in His nature. We are told that the name of the Lord is holy. In Psalm 103, verse 1, the psalmist wrote, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless... His holy name. Have you ever stopped to think, well, how can you bless God? Well, the idea is simply here that we are to worship God with our being. We are to acknowledge and admit and pray and, uh, that He is holy in His being and nature. It's not really that we are, we're not adding anything to God. We are simply testifying that who He is is clearly demonstrated through His Word, and we acknowledge that truth. Let them praise Thy great and Thy terrible name. Exalt ye the Lord our God, and worship at His footstool, for He is holy. Exalt the Lord our God, and worship at His holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. How does this affect us, friends, today? How does it affect us in our, in our thinking? How does the holiness of the Lord affect us in our attitudes, in our actions, our behavior? If it does not have an impact upon us, then our hearts have been closed to the truth and we are not receiving what the Spirit of God would give to us. It's a good thing for us, especially believer, as we are preparing our hearts for coming around His table. We want to be sure. We want to be right with God in our hearts. You don't want to hold something against a brother or a sister. We want to be sure that the Lord is being reflected in our lives and the more we dwell upon the holy nature of our God, well, we are drawn 
to magnify Him and to walk in His will. When we say that God is perfect in holiness, Isaiah described this in the vision that he saw when he fell on his face. And he confessed that he was a man of unclean lips. Isaiah chapter 6. And he heard the angels cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Isaiah had been given a unique experience, a vision whereby he was able to see some things that were going on in heaven before the throne of God. A most unique experience for this man of God. And when the angel declared, because Isaiah was not saying anything at this point, the angel declared, and the angels as they bow before the God of heaven, He is a thrice holy God. Is there an indication in this verse of Scripture to the the Trinity of God, of Father, Son, and Spirit? And the angel declared that before the Lord. Isaiah fell down on his face and he said, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips. And he said that meaning that everything that comes out of my mouth Every expression that comes from my mind is contaminated by my sinful nature. And he acknowledged that he was unworthy to be there. He was unworthy to lift up his eyes. He was unworthy. And yet the Lord, by His great grace, reached down and touched His servant and helped him to see and understand that Isaiah, you are declared holy by my righteous grace and truth, having been washed, washed in the blood, having the work of your Messiah applied to your account, and now you are free. Our God is is complete in His holiness. The Lord is in and of Himself holy. He cannot become more holy. There is no way that He can lose any of that virtue. So He is intrinsically holy. We also understand that the Lord is is independently holy. What does that mean? Well, there is no outside being or power that has provided or infuses holiness into God. The very essence of divinity is without beginning and without ending. And the Lord is not dependent upon anything or anyone. It's important for us to understand this truth. The Lord is independently holy because if we for a moment wonder, as the devil would put into our minds, I wonder who made God? Those questions, I'm sure, have risen in somebody's heart or another. I know that in the earlier times, those thoughts did come into my mind. I wonder who who made God? How can we say the Lord can live forever and there's no creator of that who is uncreated? Well, friends, again, it's the clay looking to the potter and saying, I wonder why you made me look like this. I wonder, potter, who made the potter? And the clay It's just the lump. It's just the one that's being formed. And so you and I come to the One who has revealed Himself to us, 
the infinite, the eternal, the unchangeable God. And we have to, by faith we come, to acknowledge that the Lord is of and in Himself independently holy. But He is also immutably holy. That word means there is no change in Him whatsoever. He said in Malachi 3 and verse 6, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. That's a great truth that I hope, believer, you think about often that the Lord will never change. When He says He has given to us His salvation, when Christ has died for us on the cross, when He has risen from the dead, He has promised to bring us to glory. The fact that our God will never change is absolute security for me and for my salvation. I am the Lord. I change not. Jehovah is not becoming what He will become. As foolishly, some Jehovah's Witnesses have tried to define Jehovah as. He is not changing to become something which He is not. For the Lord then would be imperfect in His present state and becoming something more advanced in a future state. That is nonsense. God is who He is, and He is unchangeably holy. Ah, but friends, I thank Him today that He is incomparably holy. There is none like our Savior. There is no one like our Father. There is no one like the Holy Spirit. Our God is unique. Adam Clark, the commentator, he said this, that the Lord is infinitely resplendent in this attribute, essential to the perfection of His divine nature. There is no change, no alteration, and I rejoice in that today. Because if our God could change in one element or one aspect of His holy nature, if He could improve to be better, if He could become deficient and lose something, then He is not the God of eternity. And our whole faith is empty and vain, and there is nothing that we have. But what is it, and how is it all summed up? As Moses declared in Exodus 15, that He is glorious in holiness. And so the conclusion for us this morning is this. Let us consciously reflect God's holy nature in our lives. And what does that mean? It means, friend, that first of all, we, we must come to this truth and we accept it and receive it joyfully in our hearts. And of course, that's no problem if you have Christ in you. No one has to twist your arm to convince you of the Lord's holy nature, and that He is glorious in this attribute. What does it mean for us to be, to consciously reflect that? It means that we look into His Word. It means that we will take the admonitions of Scripture. It means that we will pray the Holy Spirit will write them upon our minds and hearts so that we will be changed creatures and beings we will be less like our sinful nature 
and more evidently as a witness like our Lord Jesus. Not something put on. I don't mean that at all. We, we are not to pretend to be holy. We are not to try to put a facade of holiness on. That's hypocrisy. That's not what the Lord wants in us. He wants us to be joyfully and reasonably and fully holy as He is. And He has commanded us to that end. Be ye holy as I am holy. And I pray that the Lord would write this word and this truth upon your heart this morning. We're going to close our meeting by singing a hymn. It's not in our hymnal. It was one written by Charles Wesley. An interesting account. You will recognize the tune. It's to the tune of Jesus, Thy blood and righteousness. The interesting account behind this is that Mr. John Wesley, John and Charles were brothers, and John Wesley was the preacher mainly, and Charles Wesley, his brother, was the song writer. Well, John Wesley was having a service one time, and it may have been some kind of a testimonial service. But one elderly man stood up and he said, God has lately favored me with a remarkable work of grace. He said that he had now become as pure and holy as God Himself. And then the man sat down. Well, you can imagine the silence for a moment in such a meeting when a man would stand and declare such a thing, that he was as holy as God Himself. Well, when he sat down, another man stood up and said, Well, our brother has a new heart, but he does not have a new head. And at that point, he sat down, and Charles Wesley, he called for a pen, and he said, I must write a hymn. And he wrote many of them. And these are the words that he wrote. Holy as Thou, O Lord, is none. Thy holiness is all Thine own. A drop of that unbounded sea is ours, a drop derived from Thee. And when Thy purity we share, Thine only glory we declare, and humbled into nothing own, holy and pure is God alone. Soul and self-existing God and Lord, by all Thy heavenly hosts adored, let all on earth bow down to Thee and own Thy peerless majesty. Thy power, unparalleled confess, established on the rock of peace, the rock that never shall remove, the rock of pure, almighty love. And Charles Wesley had a tremendous gift of God, and it was a gift to put into a poem form, to write hymns, and he incorporated the great teachings and doctrines of the Scripture. And I pray the Lord will bless it to your heart as we sing today. If you're not remaining for our communion time, just as we come to the final verse after we've been singing, please feel free to leave. Let's stand to sing.